Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that can't believe that Chelsea didn't win at least 4-0. Anyway, Chelsea's recent record against Burnley indicated that it wasn't a case of would Chelsea win, more about how many they would win by. For the first 70 minutes uh, against Burnley on Saturday, uh, so thoroughly outplayed were they that it was beyond belief. I say that again, it was beyond belief. Uh, that Chelsea were only 1-0 up. Of course, we've been watching football long enough to know what happens next. Indeed. Now, Burnley are gnarly opponents, and they made Chelsea pay for their profligacy, as Chelsea went strangely flat and Burnley equalised with 11 minutes to go. The mood in gate 17 went from sublime comfort and contentment to disbelief to frustration in the space of a minute. A very frustrating end to what I'd promised to be a bountiful afternoon. But if you don't put your chances away, then football has a nasty habit of coming back to bite you on the arse. And so it proved. Uh, so the title of the show tonight is From the Sublime to the Ridiculous, which seems to sum it up perfectly for me. Uh, Chelsea Fancast number 850. Jonathan Kidd, fresh from the CFC UK stall and so selling loads of your old books. Nice to see you, actually, amongst the people for a change on Saturday. Lovely. It was a lovely afternoon, well, pre-match afternoon, I should say, yeah. um, meeting everybody and uh, several people that I'd never met before. It occurred to me that were just Twitter friends who were as charming on in person as they were on Twitter. There are people out there like that, um, you in the Twitterverse. And it was uh, it was a joyous occasion, and Tim sold a, um, a decent number of books, which I was very pleased about because it's a good read, and um, uh, and I was fortunate to sell a few as well. And um, um, the two of our guests, obviously tonight, one of them hosts the stall, and the other one greeted me effusively, which was very lovely of him, because he is the uh, I'll give you a clue, he is the uh, the man with all the knowledge there is to have about Chelsea Football Club other than Marco, who is the other man with all the knowledge about Chelsea Football Club. So um, you can guess who the two are, the dream team. Shall I introduce them, Chich? Well, I think, lovely idea. Who have we got on the show tonight, Jay? Who's in the round window tonight? Well, the round window, if funnily enough, is Mr. Marco Worrell with a pair of lovely specs. There he is, waving. If you were watching watching it uh, in, the, uh, in the Radio Land audience here, you'd see him there in his grey top and... Uh, he is, of course, um, uh, author and publisher and uh, um, all-round lovely chap. And also we have, and of course, speaks beautifully about Chelsea, as well as writing beautifully about Chelsea. And of course, we have um, the brain of the brain of Britain next to him. I <laughs> <laughs> mustn't call him that. Call him the brain of Chelsea. Um, fabulously informed and uh, um, a memory like a... Um, 
like a seal. That's the wrong, wrong animal, isn't it? Elephant. Yes, I don't know why I said seal. <laughs> Mr. Mark Meehan. So it's lovely to have them both on Dream Team. Mm, good to see you both, chaps. You're looking well. Nice to see you. Mark's got it. Marco, hang on. Right, so it'll be Marco and Mark. Otherwise, I'll get beyond confused. And Mark has got a lovely Champions League t- winning T-shirt. And I've got one of those, Mark. like that T-shirt. Uh, because we are still um, champions of Europe, and, well, and we know what we are, we and will. we are still we are still three points clear at the top of the table. We will. We'll sing it till May, Mark. And uh, Marco, lovely to see you as always. Had a nice little chat with you on Saturday, as I always do. Always a pleasure to see you at the stall. Indeed, Buonasera. Buonasera. Uh, bit cold. Cold on Saturday. Yes, it was a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was moving around a lot, actually, uh, on Saturday. I, I, I mean, where I park, I, I went from where I park to the bridge, back to the stall, back to where I park, back to... I mean, I don't. I think I must have done the journey three or four times. It was mental, because I was getting carried to sign all those banners, so I had lots going on, but there you go. Good to catch up with you all. Good to catch up as well, actually, by the way. Uh, saw loads of people. Saw the lovely Gary Tros, Tros, Trosdale, probably the right way to pronounce it, but anyway, Gary... In uh, in the Copthorne uh, with Canners, so I had a I had a nice uh, I had a nice uh, chat with Canners and and Kerry getting carried around the banners. I saw Nathan, Chuckles at the stall as ever, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, um, oh bloody hell, Steve Burton, Mister Mode himself, who was there. J.K. obviously Marco, Tim Rolls, Rick Glanville, Martin Wickham, Dan Dean, the lovely Dean who I mistook for somebody else, like an absolute plum. I must be going senile. Tracy, Johnny Boy Blue, and the the highlight of my day was actually seeing Chrissy Knott all up up from Devon. Uh, no Paulie, sadly, but it was lovely to catch up with Chris and his mate Andy, and of course, last but no means least, Loza. Actually, Loza from the Beautiful Game, who I do believe have got a new uh, album out at the end of this week. But we might try and get uh, Loza on the show to promote the hell out of it because uh, we love those boys and they let us use their. They're one of their very old tracks, actually, as our as our music in the program. So, uh, and it's very kind of them to do that. So, we'll try and get Lozer on soon. But anyway, really brilliant, brilliant uh, fun on Saturday, and then the football kicked off. But we're going to get into that in a minute. Anyway, on the show tonight, uh, we applaud some scintillating football by Chelsea on Saturday, capped off by a wonderful goal uh, by Kai Havertz. Uh, and in part two, we bemoan Chelsea's profligacy, and we ask what happened after seventy minutes. Indeed. Did they switch off? Did they get bored? Or did Sean Dyche's changes make a difference? Uh, at least for now, the draw was mitigated by Liverpool losing to West Ham. So Chelsea remains top going into the international break. Thank God for that. Uh, but in part three, we've got the results of this week's fannies for the Burnley match. Uh, you can still vote on that. It's on Twitter. I've pinned it to the Chelsea Fancast Twitter stream. Uh, and that, that you can vote. You've got another 45 minutes because it all shuts at eight. So if you want to vote for the man of the match, salary moment, Guinness moment, go and do it on Twitter now. Uh, We've got some questions from Discord and we've got a couple of emails to read out. And uh, to wrap up, we have the winners and losers from our Prem Predictions League. Oh, yes. And actually, I'm quite glad because we've got Marco on the show tonight, who has been consistently doing best out of all of us useless Herberts in the Prem Predictions League. So what I might do is actually ask Marco, what is his flaming secret? And how do how do JK and I stop being so horrendously shit? So there we go. <laughs> I got nine points, Chidge. Yes, indeed. <laughs> nine more than last week, eh, JK? And, and, 
And he's off the bottom, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a reason for that, actually, to tease it slightly. <laughs> We've had a new addition to the league who's played one weekend, which is why JK is off the bottom. It won't last, I'm sure. But anyway, we shall see. Now, uh, you lot out there uh, on Mixler, uh, we love seeing you in there. There's so many of you in the house tonight, as there always is. Brilliant of you. Loza, Steve, Blue Bloke. Uh, who else we got in? Daryl, fantastic. Daryl's in. Daryl's going to get a, a, a mention uh, very soon, actually. And Lester, the lovely and Lester. Loads of people in there. Uh, and if you want to join them, uh, very easy. Every Monday, seven o'clock, there or thereabouts, uh, we go live on Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat pages. So many of them do. It's great fun in there. Uh, of course, you can tweet us or Facebook us or Instagram us at Chelsea fancast for anything else. Anyway, we'll see you in a minute. one thing am i supposed to say i was asked wasn't i to go live oh you forgot that yeah yeah you are yeah live we're live yeah we we kind of got it all wrong but we'll do it properly next time we're on right thank you yeah Yeah, there we go there's no retakes in this show mate because it's because it's that's right got it in one right so uh, I mean, I'm kind of. It's such a bizarre, bizarre day, really, on Saturday, wasn't it? You know. Um, but I mean, I'm going to start. I'm going to have part one being a bit more positive and praiseworthy if I can. But as as we always do, Jonathan and I like to start with the uh, the team selection. And guess what, J.K. We had a curveball, didn't we? Of course, of course, a of t- course. Tommy T curveball. I'm trying to think whether now we should, every time we predict, we should think of who's the least likely to go in. But that's slightly Ranieri. I mean, at least it was a, a player who you felt was um, uh, being rehabilitated in some way, has been rediscovered until, unfortunately, that appalling oh, myth that yeah. he had before he was substituted, where you actually, all the good that he had created for himself was undone in one appalling fell swoop of ineptitude. Yeah, but yeah. um but yeah yeah it was uh yes Barkley was the one that we'd never guessed at all in the setup because we thought that Zayek would be playing we've got everybody else right everybody else absolutely right because we thought Zayek would still get a game but uh but no but no Barkley was chosen well we, I thought we might have got silver I got silver wrong because I keep thinking he's going to be rested but hell, yeah. hell no but I think no, I know to be fair we gave it that that yeah, caveat we, we did. did say we did say he probably would play but the chances were that he might be in mothballs, but he doesn't seem to be because he doesn't seem to be uh, um, exhausting himself. He's just in control of everything. So. And I have to say, why on earth would you would you rest a man who is just a world class defender and is just a joy to watch? I mean, you would want to play him every game. I totally get that. But Barkley was a bit of a surprise, or or perhaps more of an indictment on how poor Zayic has been recently. But uh, thought he did well more of that later and the other interesting thing I thought chaps was that there was a change of formation because he basically played Barkley and Hudson Adoy uh kind of as two number tens behind uh behind Havertz didn't he Marco which I thought was quite interesting and I like that actually I have to say well I, I I was 
wildly enthused by the selection of uh, Barkley, and um, I, I thought I thought uh, Chelsea were a shambles after he was substituted. To be yes, agree completely. Uh, yes, I thought, as you said, I thought the system was, um, you know, very decent. Everything was going through Barkley. I thought Barkley's link-up play with Hudson Odoi was pretty good. Um, you know, it's kind of like the old story about not not taking the chances. And I, and I realise um, Barkley had a few chances that he did squander, but I think we had 25 chances altogether. Um, I, I read somewhere or somebody was complaining bitterly on, on uh, Saturday night on Twitter. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just thought, it was a bit of a wild card from Tuchel in terms of um, the, 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 the selection and the tactics. And, and on another day, it would have worked and we, you know, we would have won four or five nil um, or, you know, another Norwich type result. Um, so, yeah, but, I, you know, I, I really thought, I thought Barkley did really well. And I, I, I know I'm not joking. I, I do think, um, if he'd stayed on the pitch, uh, we, we'd have maybe scored another. We, um, we wouldn't have conceded. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's my opinion and there to be shot well, down. I, it's, I think it's a very valid one, which I, I want to cover actually in part two, because it's no accident, Marco, that I've said, what happened on 70 minutes? Well, the first thing that happened was that Barkley went off. So I'm kind of with you on that. Mark, you were, wanted to uh, come in with something. Uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm Ross Barkley, uh, and I was so pleased to see him selected. Like, I, I WhatsApp my daughter, who's got a betting account, and said, you know, can you put some money on him to score? And if he didn't have that moment in the 70th minute, I'd have had, I'd, I would have won a few quid on him as well. But it was quite interesting, Go, going back to the people on the stall, like, Tim Rolls put the team up, and Jonathan and I were... were had that minute where we were trying to work out where Barkley would play. Yes, we discussed it. Yeah, yeah we did. We, and we thought, hang on a minute, he can't play on the wing. And God forsake, yeah, he could not <laughs> play on the wing. But we said, it's, it's a 3 4 2 1. He's going to play behind Havertz with Hudson Adoy. And we thought, actually, that's the best place for him. And actually, again, credit to Tuchel, he's actually got Barkley playing well. You know, okay, shame about his shooting boots later on. I know we'll talk about that later. But a lot of credit must go to Tuchel. I know this player's out injured, but, you know, Barkley's been part of the squad now pretty much since September. And I know he's only started two games, but he has come on in six games. And each game he's come on, I thought he had made a difference when he's played. So I thought, fair play to Tuchel. He was giving him a go on Saturday. And up to when he came off, I thought he was our best player. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. As we said at the store, um, as he's been playing him further forwards, he, if he does make a terrible rick, um, the chances are that it's not going to undo the whole... I mean, having, having said that, in the world of the Premier League now, wherever you lose possession, the opposition are going to attack you. But it, it isn't, didn't seem to be the few times he had lost possession when we'd seen him playing further up. It wasn't a disaster. And he had played with... with, um, with he had played with great uh, um, enthusiasm and speed, we were talking about. So, yeah... When, so we did, in the end, decide that that would be the position, didn't we? That he would be playing, and indeed we were correct. He was he was just stuck in front of uh, in the midfield and roving around, um, connecting uh, Adoy and Havertz. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I th- couldn't agree uh, more more with you on all of that. I just it was it was fascinating to see it. I mean, the reality is, and I mean, I mean, I was sitting next to this lovely bloke uh, in in Gate Seventeen, Marco, who you know it's typical, isn't it? I don't know his bloody name, but uh, he's a really lovely, splendid chap. We were having a real fun time talking about it, and we we were serene. We were just sitting there purring. I mean, very seldom have I seen Chelsea batter a team so comprehensively as as they did Burnley for the entire first half. And a little bit of the second, and it was we were just waiting for the second and the third and the fourth and so on and so on. But it was scintillating football, and I have to say, absolutely capped off by what I described. And he's, he's quite an old bloke, so I said that's a lovely old school goal. It was a proper old fashioned goal, right? Perfect cross from Reese James, and a, and, a, and it was a, like a, a, a header redolent of Aussie, mate. I thought it was just it was a thing of beauty. I love football like that. I must admit, uh, I love goals at that end of the ground. Don't we all? (laughs) But it's always, uh, somebody asked me, I think it was Carefree Youth asked me to, what my favourite Zola, because it's it's 25 years today since Zola signed for Chelsea. Um, And uh, I I went for the goal against Norwich in in the Cup um, because it sort of came from a Lasso corner in our corner of um, the pitch. So you just had kind of the perfect view of the trickery and the goal. And it was, you know, it was the same with, um, with the goal uh, on, on Saturday where James sort of runs down, puts the ball across almost on eye level with it, where I am. And, and there's uh habits to, to meet it perfectly. Um you know, it was just, it was beautiful precision. Every, every every part of that move from start to finish, you know, it was just a shame they couldn't engineer perfectly a, a few more like that on the day because there were plenty of chances to. You know what? I've just, funnily enough, I've just checked because I, I, I belatedly pinged Scott uh, my uh, my little bit on, on the 25 years of Zola Marco and... Uh, I I knew that everybody was going to choose the obvious, so I chose uh, when he basically turned, you know, Julian Dix inside out and battered it home. And the reason I chose it was because, of course, it was immortalised in song. And lo and behold, you and I have both quoted exactly the same bit of that song. So there we go. Great minds and all of that. Can I tell you my favourite solo? Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, The goal against United when Ferguson... uh... Couldn't believe when he, he when he put Irwin on his ass. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned yeah. that as well. Yeah, loved yeah, it, loved that. Yeah, loved that. That goal he scored against United. When I made that program, the greatest goals of United against United. That's the one we chose, the one against United, because it was just so funny. Well, obviously because it was against United, but it was so funny seeing Irwin on his ass and Pallister completely. It just looked like his brain had fried. <laughs> his legs didn't know which way to go. It was Mark, you you've been waiting very patiently. Uh, I'll probably go for the Wimbledon semi-final at Highbury. That, what that, a great that goal! That well. What a what a fantastic goal, and obviously the, the significance of it. You know, it takes us to Wembley for our first cup final. You know, uh, no, not a certain could have got there in '94. Our first winning cup final since 1970. The other thing I was going to say uh, about us battering Burnley um, was a large part of our chances came in the first 15 minutes. I think we had seven. Seven attempts in the first fifteen minutes of the game of that twenty-five. I only know that because some of my friends 
decided to have one late pint on Saturday and they missed the first 15 minutes. So they had a sort of slightly different view of the game because they missed a lot of the excitement in the first 15 minutes because uh, we, we were absolutely throwing the kitchen sink at them. And I think, you know, the amount of headers we had in that first 10 minutes, oh. I think you know, everyone had a header at goal. I think even Jorginho even had his Jorginho, header yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in the first 10 minutes. And uh, to be fair, Burnley, you know, I know the stats people said, like, oh, we had 25 shots and only four on target. But a lot of them were blocks. You know, the, the Burnley defence were putting bodies on the line at even that early stage in the game. They did defend well on the 11, 11 block shots, Mark. Yeah, there you go. 11 block shots. They really put their bodies in the way on, on Saturday. And on any other day, you know, we would have probably won by a, a cricket score. And that's, that's the annoying thing, the, the silly sods on Twitter. Oh, if you cannot beat Burnley, we don't deserve to win the league. What horseshit. You know, you know football doesn't work like that, you know. You know, if football was so simple and straightforward like FIFA, Brighton would not draw at Liverpool the other week and Palace would not win at Man City. That's football. Yeah. It happens and it will happen again. There'll be another game this season where you'd think we're certain to win and we'll probably drop points. But we're still three points clear and still got a great chance to win the league. I thought I thought Tuchel was refreshingly sanguine about all of that. He had a similar attitude to you, Mark, in the presser afterwards saying, well, look, you know, I know we should have hammered them, you know, we should have won, but... You know, sometimes it just doesn't work like that and you just have to accept it and move on, you know. And I thought, I thought, fair enough. I mean, JK, would you like to... Uh, I mean, did you enjoy that Havertz goal? I mean, you're going back to the old school nature of it. Completely wonderful. Wonderful. I was... Uh, it was, a, it was a, a superb Guinness moment for me. It was just remarkable. It was, oh, my... Oh, 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 wow, wow. Oh, oh, oh. And... Um, but it was the pace of it. And it's what Rhys James should do more often. Um, that pinpoint ability with the curling cross away. All it needs is a touch on it. It's, um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Osgood. Right? Osgood was good at scoring goals like that. But perversely, it's it's something more like a Hakeley or a, um, a Joe Royal header for Everton of that period where, you know, there was no hesitation in flinging themselves at huge driven crosses that were, would consequently bullet into the goalkeeper, taking the goalkeeper with them into the net, practically. It was a superb goal. And I thought the floodgates would open, yeah, exactly. as we all did. But, but before that, you know, we were, we, were, we were fantastic. That first 15 minutes, we were absolutely brilliant. The football was superb. The passing was just immaculate and, and the movement was great. And, you know, but I, I, as I tweeted, you know, what, don't they practice enough? Don't they shoot? practice shooting enough i mean for goodness sake oh god well i thought that you know we'll talk about the profligacy in a minute i think i tell you what i do want to talk about i want to hear what you thought about the referee jk because i thought there was some very oh. bizarre incidents over and above the usual not penalizing oh. burnley for wasting time not penalizing oh. burnley for fouls well, hang on a minute yeah like, Havertz, Havertz getting barged into the oh. matty harding lower for one oh. james getting booked for being oh. slapped by cornet yeah. what was that all about oh well, you see, once again, the problem is, is the referee is nowhere near the incident. A mariner is one of the worst. He likes walking about, if you just look at him. One of the reasons I think that he didn't book Pope for time-wasting, because he started time-wasting from the very beginning, Pope, because it's part of the process with Burnley, is you keep wasting little bits of time, hoping to score with 10 minutes to go, and then you haven't got that, that long to, to, to time-waste even more or do shithousery. But my theory was that, that he didn't mind him time-wasting because it allowed him to walk back to the centre circle and then look, because he knew he wouldn't have taken the goal kick. 
because he wasn't taking he was it so what should happen is the is the if he's been left up there he should backpedal quickly to give the impression to the goalkeeper to get on with and then he should wave at the goalkeeper to come on and then he should book him and then if he does it again he should send him off or give him a warning and send him off but there is a terrible kind of complacency that they know you could see they know better than the players they know better than the crowd they're allowed to do what they want and it got to the stage where he strolled back to the center circle every single time Pope got the ball because he knew he wasn't going to take the goal kick and it suited him as a referee. He really doesn't exert himself and he makes these decisions from 35 yards away. So he didn't properly see the James situation. He didn't see um, Havertz going into the uh, into the crowd. He didn't see it. Now, once again, the, the guilty parties are the linesmen because the linesmen on, on my side will have had an absolutely clear view of Havertz going into the crowd because that's where he's looking. So if if by any chance um, Mariner didn't see it for whatever reason, because he's not paying attention and he should have been paying attention, the linesman should be alerting him to it. If not, the other one, the other one will have been at the halfway line. It's not that far to see a player has fallen into the crowd or the crowd are waving because he's lying on the floor. And the, in the end, the only person who, who actually alerted the referee was Pope. But the reason Pope alerted the referee because it gave him an opportunity to waste even more time. <laughs> that was the trouble with that. It was completely useless referee. He is one of the worst Mariner by his lack of energy, his lack of involvement, his trying to be a buddy with people. I despair of the whole process of, of these referees. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of VAR incidents where you thought, is he going anywhere near, near VAR? No, he clearly made the decision on the field and uh, and he didn't want to have anybody um, in his ear. And he did the same way. He didn't want any of the linesmen in his ear because they are they feel that they are making the correct decision. They are not open to a decision being the wrong one because it goes against their ego in this situation and the power that they've got. It is absolutely absurd. It's still still one of the best titles we've ever had for a show on the fan cast is The Crimes of the Ancient Mariner. Yes. yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Or was ancient then, Chidge. Huh? He's still, he's, it was ancient then. He's even older yeah, now. That's why he walks about. He walks about everywhere. It's like playing Sunday league football. We used to have a bloke who just stood in the centre circle and made decisions. And if you said, you haven't seen that ref, he'd say, come here, come here. What's your name? You'd be in the book for having questioned him, even though he hadn't got anything right at all. Brilliant. Mark? I thought I thought Mariner was really weak on on Saturday. I thought he had had a poor game. Uh, I was de- directly in line because um, that's where my seat is, seeing Havertz go over. And I couldn't believe that the linesman didn't pick up on it. Oh, you know, oh. it, it was just, it was. And, but there are other things he failed to do as well. I, I, I thought the goal initially might have had a shade of offside, but then yeah. there was no point going to VAR because Mike Dean was doing VAR. So that was a complete and utter waste of time. So, yeah, it would have gone against this anyway. But the thing that struck me was because he was so weak, Burnley pushed the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So they thought they could, they could get away with it. Pope, JK gave the example, the amount of time wasting Pope did from the very first minute and why there was no early booking because if you book him early, he won't time waste. Uh, and you could almost have a bet. You know, there's always two minutes at the end of the first half and four minutes at the end yeah. of the game. But there should have been much more than that in terms of time delay. But I think the thing he fundamentally got wrong, there was two things he got badly wrong. First one was that foul by Ben Mee on Barkley. 
where Ben Mee takes Barkley out and he gives the free kick against Barkley and Tuchel goes absolutely mad on the yes. bench. And then there was the Reese James incident, which was right in front of me. And all he did was playfully pat Cornet. He might give him a little shove in, into the stand, but he playfully, you know, patted him because Cornet declined his hand where he looked to apologise. And then Reese James gets booked as well. You know, I thought Mariner really had a poor game on Saturday. Although I did enjoy, I did enjoy James actually exacting some retribution by uh, putting uh, Cornet into the uh, Matty Harding yeah. lower, I do have to say. But, uh, you know, that's just me, I'm afraid. I mean, Marco, we, we had a good view of all of those, didn't we? I mean, it, we, we kind of, it, 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 I'm getting sick of whinging about it every week, actually, the referees and... They're just their incompetence, I think, is the best way to put it. But uh, it looked quite nasty, didn't it, on Havertz? So we, I was a bit worried for because we got an excellent view where we were from, and I could actually see him, you know, yeah, down yeah. in the well. He, didn't, he, he, I was a bit worried he was in bad shape, but luckily he was okay. Yeah, I think somebody, um, I can't remember who it was. Well, it might have been Pav actually. Pav's got this new. I'm not going to mention. The, the name of the manufacturer, but it's not Apple. He's got this new phone, which which can spot the black heads on Stretch's nose when he's stood in the uh, in the shed upper. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's that powerful, um, and uh, yeah, he took a picture of. Um, I mean, it was like a proper old school graze down the side of his thigh, um, but he, yeah, I mean, he could have really clumped his head or done, done any kind of um, injury to himself. Some some wag said it was a shame he didn't kind of get launched where I sit because he would have just bounced off my beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it was, but it was very funny. And the other one someone said to me as well is like, yeah, know that annoying habit of people going, can I have your shirt? You know, it was so bloody close to someone that they could have actually had his shirt off his back while he was there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, all's well that ended well. And uh, talking of all's well that ended well, uh, we've got another... And talking of shirts, funnily enough. There we go. God, we're full of segues tonight. Uh, but we've got another at football underscore prizes competition, as we do every week. Uh, and this week, you have a chance to win a Jorginho signed and custom framed shirt. A lovely, lovely prize, whoever there was one. Now, the tickets are £5.95p each, and the draw ends this Wednesday, the 10th of November, at 7.30pm. Uh, so if you want to go and enter this, all you have to do, basically, they, 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 there are about 99 tickets for sale. They don't sell any more than that. Uh, so, you know, you buy a ticket, your number goes into a big tombola, they whiz the tombola around and they pick out a number or a ball with a number on it. And if it's your number, you win the shirt. So clearly, the more tickets you buy, the more chances you've got to win. But I mean, one in 99 is not a bad shout. So uh, uh, do get on it, people. Uh, the URL is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Jorginho hyphen Chels five, so C H E L S E five. But easier than that, just go to at Chelsea Fancast on Twitter, and we have the. Uh, I'll have it all pinned up there for you after the show, so you've got no excuses. And of course, the other thing which I love to promote every week, of course, is the absolutely wonderful and marvelous uh, CFC UK fanzine, the best fanzine the world in the world, isn't it, Marco? And how does one uh, get one of these beautiful things that uh, arrive once a month? One one can uh, venture through the crowds at Fulham Broadway to the CFC UK store on the match days and procure one from 
myself or one of the many vendors along the Fulham Road for the princely sum of one pound. <laughs> and we have recently conducted transactions um, using a card reader. So um, that is also possible for people who no longer carry cash. Mm. Um, or you can subscribe by sending an email to cfcuk at fanzine. No, wait a minute. Fanzine at cfcuk.net. Um, and Mr. At Only a Pound will be delighted to sell you a subscription for a very small amount of money. And, and uh, all joking aside, considering that um, most other football clubs sell their fanzines for not far short of the price of a match day programme, or in some cases the same price as a match day programme, I think for one pound, you can't go wrong. Um, it's an institution. It is. It's an iconic part of being Chelsea. And uh, and there is a new one uh, will be coming out soon. I know that because the deadline is for this Friday, which means you... you I mean, the, the other thing about it, the quality of the writing. I mean, look, Mark, Mark and both Marks here are, are very accomplished uh, authors in their own right. I mean, Mark's written loads of books, as has Mr. Meehan. And uh, they write for it, you know. I write for it. Tim Rolls, Clayton, Dean Mears, Walter Otten, Kelvin Barker. I mean, you know, a Charles Rose. I mean, the quality of the writing, I, I exclude myself from that, but the quality of the writing in it is absolutely superb. And to think you only pay a pound for it on every issue is wonderful. Just uh, as, a, as an, an, an adjunct to that... Um, uh, the subscriptions are 16 quid uh, for uh, for the UK, all right? So if you want a real proper copy, 16 quid, 35 quid in Europe, 45 quid for the rest of the world. If you want it digitally, then you can have a digital subscription, okay? And that's six quid for a season. Uh, in, well, it doesn't matter where you are, does it? Because it's all email. But, I mean, you know, what you need to do, as Marco said, you email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, to get on that and you can pay by paypal i believe as well so there you go right um enough pluggery from us we will be back in part two when we're going to moan about chelsea's profligacy real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, uh, and I'm joined, as ever, by the absolutely inimitable Mr Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I'm sure you can do an impression of me, Chidge. I've I, I've done it occasionally. I do it better when you're not here. Oh, good. All right. Because then there's record, no pressure. You record it then and play it to me. Yeah, I did a boss one a long time ago, and somebody said, bloody hell, that's really good. So it, it's on a fan cast way back. Because that could mean that I could I could miss bits. I could go to the loo, and you could then just ask a question and answer it. As yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Can you do me? No. Yeah, you said this before. I'm not that hard to do, surely. No, I think I think you are. I think you're too. Um, you're too. Uh, if in I'm it, in, 
if I'm, you, you are definitely inimitable. Yes, indeed. Okay, I think I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, we've got the lovely, wonderful uh, Mark Meehan with us as well. Uh, good evening, everybody. Good evening, good people of Mixler. And I, one thing I can't do, but JK can do, is an impersonation of Jonathan Dimbleby. <laughs> <laughs> very true. <laughs> very, very true. You need to follow Twitter people to understand what I'm talking Indeed. about. <laughs> and uh, and last but by no means least, one of my absolute favourite people at Chelsea and has been for many, many years, the wonderful Mr. Mark Worrell, the man who has launched many a Chelsea writing career. So it's all all down to him. Well done, Mark. Buonasera. Good to see you, fella, as always. Right. Um, as you know, just before we disappeared for a, a, a quick break, uh, I was moaning about uh, Chelsea's profligacy. And I suppose one has to really. I mean, I know we were saying how wonderful they played in the first half. And let's be honest, they did. The football at the moment being played by this team is just quite something else. But buggered if they can put the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, you know, Havertz missed. Well, I think I said to the bloke, standing uh, sitting next to me I said I said mate I said that miss was Werner-esque and he absolutely fell about laughing because he knew what I meant and uh, arguably Ross Barkley's was even worse but uh, I I mean having said that JK about them being profligate those are the obvious two that I can think of but actually Pope made some ridiculously stupid saves I mean the one off uh, Hudson-Odoi with his foot I think was was a great save it was deflected as well yeah. that one wasn't it it was a brilliant save well I don't think he knew much about it he was just in the right line he hit his leg but the fact that he hit his leg and went over that was just unfortunate but um uh, Christensen should have scored from the corner we, how many corners did we have yeah. we, how many and we got our headers nearly every time we had 14 Rudiger, corners Rudiger should have scored twice from those corners when he was in front of with un un challenged and he just headed over so um it, it, it i suppose with previous experience we should think okay we're not going to score it's going to be a draw or they'll get a winner but when we did score it's that thing of thinking okay they'll relax a bit perhaps another shot will go in we're so all over them but then we have the mystery of the uh the 70 minute um ineptitude which coincided with barkley going off and uh, uh and loftus cheek coming on and um, he didn't quite fulfil the same role. It, it struck me that um, that Barkley had had. I mean, it's a really interesting point that I, mean, I think. I think you know, as I said, there's no. It's no accident that I said. Well, what happened on seventy minutes? You know, Marco uh, definitely thinks it has something to do with Barkley going off. But it wasn't. It wasn't just that. I don't think um, because actually, I think that Burnley. Uh, were very smart. Or I, I look. You know this because I've told you this many times before. But I actually rate. Uh, I rate Sean Dyche very highly, I have to say. I think he's a, a, a hugely um, underestimated manager. And he they made changes as well. I mean, they, they basically brought... I mean, went just look... Right, they bought... They bought there we go. You see, they Rodriguez brought... Rodriguez and, and... What's the name? Video. Well, Rodriguez, yeah. Rodriguez came on on 61 minutes. Yeah. And Vidra came on on 70 minutes. Loftus-Cheek came on for Barkley on 73. But what they did do is they changed the formation and they suddenly had two up front, I think. They basically put... Well, they had some sort of combination going there. And I, I think that that made the difference. But the, the weird thing that I, I remember on Saturday, because, again, the bloke next to me, who I must get his bloody name because he's, he's a top, top bloke, but uh, he noticed it as well. He couldn't understand what was happening. He said, why are we backing off? Why are we defending too deep? Why are we so flat? Our, our whole demeanour changed. That's what I didn't understand. And Mark, have you got any ideas as to what was going on? 
I'd, I'd agree with you, Chid. I would congratulate Sean Dyche. You know, you know, his team held on for the best part of 70 minutes and then he went for it. He put two forwards on in, in Vidra and Rodriguez and we didn't react quickly enough to that. You know, our, our substitutions you know, weren't as effective and I would have probably brought Mount on before you know, bringing Loftus-Cheek on and I think that was a key point in the game. Barkley missing that chance... Burnley's substitutions, and then what followed on from there when Burnley got their equaliser. And I thought there's a, there was a significant moment um, when Barkley misses that chance. If you look to the left, you know, Chilwell almost goes down on his hands and knees as if to say, what the, you know what, why the bloody hell didn't you pass to me? I was free, I was open. And obviously Barkley sort of skied it into nearly the top tier of the shed end. But, you know, I think you bring it back to, you know, Credit Burnley, they made the right substitution, they brought on the right players, and then when they got the goal, what did Sean Dyche do? He took a striker off, and he brought Eric Peters on, and he shored up the defence for the last five minutes. Job done, point one. As, absolutely, and I, I mean, I thought I thought that, uh, you know, I, well, I mean, you can argue that the cows come home whether, whether Mount should have come on. We know he's now gone off and had surgery in his wisdom tooth, so... What was he going to do, Pulis? I mean, you know, what what were either of them going to do in in ten minutes? It just, I don't know, it didn't seem to work with me. But uh, Marco, I, I want you to talk more about um, Barkley and Loftus Cheek because you you did mention this in part one, and I have to say I agree with you because I thought that Barkley was providing all of the forward momentum for us for most of the time that he was on the pitch. Okay, he he did miss a sitter, but. I thought he was doing really, really well. And I, I, I agree with what you said in, the, in part one, that things did change, didn't they, when he went off? You're on mute, by the way. Muted. Yeah, um, yeah uh, it was kind of redolent. I mean, I know he's injured, but it was kind of redolent of the Sarri era, era Kovacic, Barkley, Barkley, Kovacic. <laughs> substitutions that used to cause much mirth um, and and sometimes be effective and sometimes not. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I was surprised at the outset that... Um, I, was, I was surprised. I thought Pulisic might have got a start. Um, Mount, I would have just left out the squad altogether, really, rather than, you know, I think you just said at the you know, in his pre-match presser, he'd give him minutes, but he thought he'd lost a bit of weight. And, you know, I mean, we've all had bloody wisdom teeth trouble. It's not pleasant. Um, so, you know, why not just give him the weekend off? Um, let, let somebody else have a go. You know, all, all of those things. Um, and, you know, for me, yeah, Bad day at the office, you know. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Burnley, as 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 Mr. Meehan uh, very succinctly articulated. Um, you know, Nick Pope time wasting in the in the first minute, uh, all of those things. So you know, I I, I don't know. He he tried. I thought the tactics were spot on. I like the Barkley pick. I, I'd have just. You know, if you're going to pick Barkley, give him give him ninety minutes. Um, so, yeah, kind of weird, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I can't get it right. He's, I, I am, I am of the opinion that right now, um, Tuchel is is probably 
at the top of his game and um, peerless in terms of other Premier League managers. He, he's the man at the moment, but he can't get it right every single week. Um, you know, look what happened to Liverpool yesterday. Um, so there, there will be uh, more interesting battles to fight than, than Burnley, Burnley at home. Uh, hammers, for the title, hammers for the title, Marco. Pardon? Hammers for the title. Well, you, do you know what? It's quite funny. Um, I don't know if you... I was on the train home from work today, just seeing what was trending on Twitter. And uh, obviously Manchester United with their big protest lined up for the 13th of November. Solskjaer out, the Glazers out. Um you know, that, it just makes me laugh. You know, you look, you look at Moyes. Moyes. Moyes was the right man for that job, the chosen one, as they called him. They just didn't, you know, give him enough time. Um, and it's interesting, you know, Arsenal uh, with Arteta, the chosen one, who lost his first, his opening three games. I mean, if, if that had, well, I mean, I know Frank had more time, but if that had been. Uh, Tuchel at Chelsea, he'd, he'd, have, he'd have done a Di Matteo and, and been, um, you know, had the rug pulled from under his feet. And I, I just think, you know, West Ham, um, I thought it was a shrewd appointment. I, think, I thought it was a shrewd appointment the first time around. And, you know, they backed him with a bit of money. He's got the dressing room behind him. Um, and I, I just think it's, it's, it's a good... It's a good choice of manager, that. And I just think, you know, you go back to Burnley, where the, I think he's Dyche the longest-serving manager in the Premier League now. Nine years. You know, working on limited resources. Um, you know what you get. And you know what you get with Moyes, except he's got a bit of money to spend now. And, he's, you know, he's he, that was his thousand and one game. It's all good. It's interesting stuff. And I think, you know, maybe there is a paradigm shift in the Premier League. Um, hopefully Conte will fluff his lines at White Hart Lane and won't make them a force to be reckoned with, although I suspect he may well do so. His, so, English, I, I his English hasn't got any better, I've noticed. Pardon? His English hasn't got any better. No. <laughs> Neither's Ranieri's. No, it's got worse. <laughs> Has his hair grown, though? Huh? Has his weave grown? I, I, I didn't catch what you said. Has me. his weave grown? I, I can't hear what you're saying. Mate. Can't you hear me? No, it's just that that. What is that last word that you're saying? Has his weave grown? His Irish, his Irish jig. His syrup, mate. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I haven't looked closely enough. Brilliant. Um, Mark, you wanted to come in. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. Picking up what Marco's point is, if you actually look at the bottom five and look at Burnley, you know, Sean Dice is the only manager in the bottom five who's still in the job. You know, because you know Burnley are I've always shown faith with them, and Burnley often start badly. So I wouldn't be too surprised if the coming weeks Burnley rise up the table. The other thing about Burnley is, even though the eternal optimist that I am, I thought we'd win three 0 on Saturday. They have got a habit of doing that to us down the years. But actually, since the dawn of time, I had a look today. Burnley's record at Stamford Bridge really holds up well. You know, they've got a better record than Leeds. They've got a better record than Everton. 
And actually, if you look at it statistically, they've probably got as good a record, if not a better record, than Liverpool and Tottenham for wins at Stamford Bridge historically. You know, out of 47 games, they've won 16 games at Stamford Bridge. And even JK you know, may have been young enough if Dad took him. They even thumped the 6-2 you know, you know, in in 60-61 season. And, and even actually missed a penalty in that same game. So they have got a habit historically down the years of like pulling a result out against Chelsea on a regular basis at our ground. I, I was influenced by that game because um, I think Pointer scored and there was a player called Adamson and Brian Douglas was... No, he was, he was Blackburn, wasn't he? Um, there were some de- very decent uh, um, Burnley players of that period because they, they didn't they finish second that year, 60-61? I think you're right, they did, yeah. They won, they won yeah. the title in 60, didn't they? They won yeah, the title in 60, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that yeah. must have been the year they won it. That's why they yeah. won 6-2. Yeah, they, they had team. some very very decent players. No, Pointer was a big a big star. I can't remember how many goals he got in that game. He scored a few. I have a terrible feeling I was there, actually, for that 6-2. I know I feel bad now for bringing that memory back to you yeah, again. Yeah, you have, yeah. But no, it, it, it's clearly something that I, I experienced and it helped me along the way there, Mark, because you know, realising that you could go with your dad to a game and thinking Chelsea would win easily and they, they lost 6-2. I must try and get my daughter to appreciate that in the future. But it, it's unlikely to happen to us again, I think, with this... I don't know, West Brom last season. West Brom. No, that's yeah, true. Can, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Can you imagine if we'd lost 6-2 to Burnley, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the, the nappy shitters would really have been out oh. in force on Saturday. Yeah. It's interesting. You know what? I'll tell you what it kind of, you know, in a way it reminded me of. Those, uh, you know, when when Mourinho, you know, Mourinho Mark I era, when when quite often Allardyce and Bolton would turn up and they were just the ultimate spoilers. I rem- I'm sure you all remember that, that 2-2 draw where they scored in the last minute. You know, there there are some teams that are just... Uh, really awkward and I, I, I've i said said to the young lad we had on George on Friday that you know they're the founder members of the awkward squad as far as I'm concerned so you know there you go I mean I'm going to go back to what uh, Tommy T was saying and uh, Marco was very effusive about him earlier but you know he's um, I thought he was really sanguine and, and, and phlegmatic actually in his presser afterwards Marco because he was like you know I mean I thought he put I love the way he put it he said look you know we probably didn't deserve to beat Brentford, given the shellacking they gave us for half an hour. We came away with three points, and we didn't really deserve to draw that game when we should have won it three, four, five. But we drew one-one. That's football. Yeah, he's he's an, he's, he's nothing if not honest. Is uh, um, Tuchel. So yeah, I I wouldn't. You know, I, I think I, I just I think I tweeted something on my way out of the ground. Uh, you know, just saying, shit happens. Get over it. I'm already over it, or something like that. You know, it's it's not the end of the world. And it's funny, isn't it? Uh, I, I had a I had a feeling that um, I mean the sequence of games. So City roasted United, which was always going to happen. Um, we drop a point, and then you think, mm, wonder if West Ham will do us a favour, and and. You know, beat Liverpool, and of course they did. Except, you know, as has already been pointed out, West Ham are actually. <laughs> maybe we should be looking over our shoulders at West Ham more than Liverpool. Who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, I I find it hard to disagree with anything Tuchel says at the moment. I find it, you know, you you could spend 
ages picking apart his team selections if it weren't for the fact that we were top of the league. Um, he wouldn't get away with it, perhaps, if we were mid-table um, and he was, um, you know, uh, tinkering to the extent that he does. I, th I think in, in this case, though, with, uh, you know, with Ross Barkley being selected, I mean, Pulisic is coming back from an injury. Ziyech has been quite poor recently. Mount, you know, has got a wisdom teeth issue. Werner's injured. Um, I mean, he didn't. He didn't really have a lot of choice. I mean, he, we knew Hudson Odoi was going to start, which he did. So I think there's you can understand that. I mean, the reality is is that you know it's a shame, really, isn't it? Because if we'd have beaten uh, Burnley as we fully expected to do, we'd have twenty eight uh, twenty eight points, not twenty six, uh, which would have given us a five point advantage over City and now, believe it or not, West Ham. Uh, and a six-point advantage over Liverpool. Instead, we're only three points ahead of City United and uh, four ahead of Liverpool. But the reality is, JK, we go into the international break and we're still top of the league having a laugh. Well, we've got some... Uh, I mean, every game is uh, is interesting, isn't it? Every game isn't what you think it's going to be. We go into games thinking we should beat them, and sometimes we do, and you go into games... <laughs> Uh, thinking this will be a close one and it isn't, or it, it is. You know, I, I'm, I'm. You, you're just trying to work out what what he can come up with. Um, uh, as long as to me, as long as they play fabulous football, um, I, I think we're we're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. And uh, um, uh, I, I, I don't think any team, you know, it's, I think City outplayed us at the Bridge, but I think we, if we play them up there, he'll have a way of playing against them. He'll have thought it through. Um, as I have every faith in his tactical ability. I don't think he's been helped by having um, possible match win winners injured. I think uh, that might have been a perfect game for Lukaku, that one, if uh, uh, he was getting his head on the ball or something, you know. That's a really good point, which I completely forgot to mention a minute ago. Do you, do you, um, because there was a lot of this waffling around Twitter afterwards, and even Football London boys were saying that, that, that had Lukaku started, it would be different. Do you know what? I'm not actually sure, JK, you know? No, I, I wasn't even suggesting he should start. I think if he brought him on, it would have created a completely different energy, a different... Um, I would have been happy for him to have not come on in the same way that we we got it right. He wasn't going to bring Pulisic on from the beginning and Pulisic looked off the pace. It's a question of uh, of whether Lukaku has that ability to get straight back in. And uh, I think he would have done his usual thing. He seemed, He tends to give... If somebody's been injured, he brings them on in the second half or he gives them a go, he tends rarely to start them. He just has a kind of process with Tuchel. He just feels they're not um, uh, up, up to speed, I suppose, is what it is. But that seems to make sense to me. I've been intrigued to see if once Kovacic is, is well, whether he uh, gets straight back in. I don't think he will. I think he'll play... Uh, he, Barkley may get in ahead of him. I think it actually, interestingly, we've talked about this, prick, picking Barkley means, you know, what... What with a with a Saul, you know, what future does he have if he thinks he's ahead of him in the pecking order? Um, so, uh, uh, do they have the opportunity to to give Saul back in January, or is it a year long loan? Do we know? You have, we have, yeah. May happen, may happen. I think particularly we've talked about this with uh, Conor Gallagher playing clearly, absolutely phenomenally. Um, uh, we can't, he's on a year-long loan, though, isn't he, Gallagher? We can't get him back. And perhaps, just to digress, with the new manager at Norwich, perhaps Gilmore will now be given an opportunity to show his ability. 
um, uh, and and then possibly step up next year. But it, we talked about this before. The 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 brilliance of 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 Cobham is just coming to the fore at the moment. It's a shame that we don't appear to be able to create a centre forward from Cobham, other than pro possibly um, Broger. But he um, once again he's on a loan as well, isn't he? I haven't seen it. Is there a chap you would know? Is there another? Um, uh, an, another uh, um, Cobham starlet who is a centre forward. Who is Jude that? Sunset Bell. Bell, right. Yeah, Sun Sunset Bell. It, it, it sounds like a Gap Band song. What I was going to say about Lukaku is what has been remarkable over the last few weeks is we haven't missed him, but we probably missed him in that last 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. JK's yeah. right. If he'd been on the bench on Saturday, that would have been the substitution because when Dyche rolled his dice and brought those yes. players on, yes. yeah. if we'd counteract it, because in that mad last 20 minutes uh, and even a bit before, we weren't holding the ball up as well as we did in the first half up front. You know, so whether Havertz got tired, I don't know. But if Lukaku had been on the bench on Saturday, he would have been the 70th minute substitution. Mm, good point. All right. Well, as I said, you know, we're still top of the league um, and I think we're about to go into... When we come back from the international break, we've got Leicester away. We've got United at home. Uh, United are bound to have a new manager by them. And uh, and then we've got that the horror of December where we've got something like 11, 10 or 11 matches in, in, in four weeks, Mark. Uh, and do you know who Man City play the day we play Man United at home? Liverpool. West Ham. West Ham. Whoa. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But also, you mustn't discount Brighton either. I think Brighton have the ability to turn turn teams over. I think he's a very canny manager, Potter. Yeah, I mean, Wolves have got back up to eighth. They've yeah. they, they've crept up there. I mean, it's actually yeah. quite relevant for our Prem predictions, really, noticing yeah. this. Because, what, what, I mean, like Villa have been shit for about three or four weeks, not in the form that they were in. Of course, Dean Smith's now been sacked. But Wolves, who are absolutely shit at the beginning that you could never, ever predict a win, are, are now actually, you know, they're looking, as, they're looking like they were when uh, Nuno Espirito Santo was decent. And you're right about Brighton, although Brighton's forms dipped off a little bit, but they're still they're still seventh. Um, and Arsenal have crept up to fifth. Yeah, you know, so they're on a bit of form. So it's it's gonna. I think I... they were very lucky though, Arsenal, with that that ridiculous piece of refereeing and VAR with the yeah. with um, the the bloke on the edge of the area being completely taken out. What is the matter with referees? Yeah, I know, I know. Enough, enough on referees. Right, we're gonna uh, have a break in a minute. But before we do, my usual. Uh, promotion of the uh, supporters trust uh, there's never been a more important time to join the trust the supporters trust uh, membership costs five pounds and as a member you can uh, that's every year five pounds a year annual subscriptions anyway you get a say on uh, really important issues you know like we did with the super league european super league ticket prices kickoff times lots of other issues i mean you know at the moment um the big issue of course is that bloody horrendous uh, virtual waiting room and very few of the tried and trusted uh, people who quite often get tickets for away games. Nobody seems to be getting hold of away tickets at the moment. It's an absolute state. And Mark, I ought to say before we do this, congratulations to Mark Meehan for being elected to the board, which is fantastic news. No, thank you very much, Chidge. And I think the other thing I'd add as well, because we were saying at the beginning how lovely it was to see everybody before the game on Saturday. Uh, and a couple of other people not mentioned. We saw Cliff before the game. We saw Jilly before the game. And they were doing the food bank stall. Yes. And again, as we go into Christmas with the home games we have on non-midweek days, again, if people are going down, the, the food bank stall is in a different place now. It's outside Oswald Stall. 
So things like chocolate and biscuits will be very popular for the food bank as you run into Christmas. So the Man United and Leeds home games. So if you're coming along, you know, bring things along. We shouldn't have to have food banks, you know, in 2021. But all the changes recently in universal credit and the difficulty some families are having. Yeah, anything that people can do, no matter how small a contribution is really welcome, you know, by, by the trust and they pass it on to the local food bank. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. And hopefully we're going to try and put something to the club about the uh, virtual waiting room and the ridiculous ticket situation, aren't we? And it's, it's not even just about the virtual waiting room, because that, that is an issue at the moment. There is something fundamentally wrong with how it's happening at this present moment in time. And again, you know, it got mentioned the other day um, on Twitter and I wrote about it in my last article with CFC UK. You know, third ticket websites are a phenomenon at the moment based overseas. And again, anyone here can Google. You know, and what I found fascinating researching my CFC UK article is there was tickets on sale on these websites. And the two examples I gave were Manchester United at home and Leicester away that hadn't yet gone on sale with Chelsea. And you already had third ticket websites that confident that they would have tickets. And there was four to 500 tickets on some of these websites. Now, either someone is passing those tickets on or both, there's fraud going on because what is happening is people are getting taken and scammed by these websites as well. And there are examples where people are turning up to Chelsea games with an email from these companies um, saying, go to the box office and no ticket exists because it's a scam. And some of these tickets are going to three, four hundred pounds a ticket. So imagine if you bought a family, four people, you've been scammed for twelve hundred quid. So again, there's a there isn't just about the virtual waiting room. There is something fundamental that needs to address in how we're selling tickets and how it's getting in the hands of the wrong people, shall we say? Yeah. Definitely. Big problem. And of course, as I said, I think this season in particular, people are really struggling to get tickets for matches that would normally get it. Now, you can argue to the cows come home about the uh, veracity of that because some people don't want it to be a closed shop, but you know, I mean, week after week, I've got mates that I know really, really well who can't get tickets. And, you know, if you've been doing that for 20, 30, I mean, of course, you know, the obvious argument is, well, if you want to go that much, get an away season ticket, of course. But you can't because they've capped it. So, you know, you can't get on that list anymore. So basically, the state of Chelsea's ticket sales is a shambles. Uh, anyway, if you want to join the trust so you can moan about that to them, you need to go to chelseasupporterstrust.com. And uh, all the details about how to join are, are all on there. And you get a nice, lovely CST badge uh, as well. So it's a, it's a good thing to do. And um, so many of us that do this show are heavily involved in that. And, of course, another thing that you must do, an essential thing for you to do, of course, is to buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share. Because then you will, like many, 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 many others, will own uh, a share of the freehold of the stadium. And that means it's protected from being sold to a a property developer, for example, in the future, which means that it ensures that football will forever be played at Stamford Bridge, its spiritual home. Now, uh, the share prices are, I think, roughly 110 quid for an electronic share, up to about 173 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. So there you go. There's a bit of variety in amongst all of that. So about, you know, cheapest is about 100. So if you want to buy a share, you go to the Chelsea website and you search for Chelsea pitch owners. So there you go. Go and do it now. Uh, in a minute, we will be back with Fannies. Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 
7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store, Abo erforderlich. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Okay, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast with me, Mr. Stamford Chidge, and as ever, I'm joined by the wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, no, no, you do me too much credit, sir. Good to see you. Thank you, love to be on. Okay, we've got uh, the lovely Mark Meehan as well. Yeah, lovely to be on the show tonight, really enjoying it. And the very studious-looking Mr. Marco Worrell. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's my new, it's my new spectacle. They are actually, yeah. They are they new? Yeah, I, I uh, engineered in Italy, believe it or not. Yes, yeah. they're, they're quite something, mate. Yeah, like I, I, uh, been very envious of uh, Paul Merson's glasses. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I asked Merce where he got them from. Ah. He told me. So there we go. So you got a, a pair of Merce glasses. Yeah. Marco, he said they're Marco glasses. Though. They're Marco. So are they blue tinted? No, they're not, actually. I did think that I might get another pair, actually, that are blue tinted. Uh, so I can be. And 100% like... Chelsea. Well, uh, I quite like sort of some of the, the old rockers tend to have, they wear blue tinted glasses, don't they? I think Ozzy Osbourne and Roger Daltrey, um, I've seen in recent interviews, seem to wear these spectacles with a blue hue to the why, why do they do that well i, I don't know i mean maybe i'll have to get a pair and just one well, it's rock and roll yeah yeah doesn't doesn't it make the world look rather cold I but what, what could be better than a, a blue tinted world well okay there is that there is that there you go sense and wise stuff from marco there as ever right talking of uh sense and wise stuff i don't think you could ever really call the fannies sensible or wise really uh but nevertheless uh we do it every week uh and we do it thankfully uh our discord people are really really helpful and they put the nominations for the man of the match the salary and the guinness awards after every match and they're brilliant at it and i love them for it anyway this is what they've come up with for uh the man of the match they've nominated reese james and golo kante who we didn't really mention uh when we were talking about the match strangely and uh they they, they didn't really have many more than that so i i put kai havertz in there because i thought havertz did all right actually on saturday so so there we go so a bit of a combination uh jk where would your vote have gone or would it have gone to any of them, in fact? Because you could have voted yeah, for... I thought Kante was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, he'd get my vote. I mean, James is great, but it, part of it was the goal. But I thought Kante would... Havertz was a bit hit and miss, and his his miss in, from from four yards was appalling. So, But his uh, goal was absolutely superb. Oh, sublime. Sublime. But, yeah. You know, I thought he... I, I, I What I, I liked how he... In a shift, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, not just that, but I... I like what he brings to the to the team because he he works very hard and he gets back and all that kind of stuff. But 
I, I just liked his movement up front and he was a nuisance and he was always involved and I thought he's it's looking, true, looking like a proper striker, actually. It's true, Chidge. You're absolutely right. I agree. So I agree. I'm, I'm, I'd, still, I'd still give it to Conte. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a Havertz fan, I think. So there you go. Uh, me too, me too. Yeah. Mark, Meehan, what did you reckon? I voted today online for Reese James, but clearly if he'd been on the pitch for the 90 minutes, I'd have probably gone for Ross Barkley because I thought he had a good 70 minutes before he was taken off. Do you think I should have put Ross Barkley in, in as a nominee? If you did, I would have voted for him, mm, probably. I think I might have dropped one on that one, because I did think he was good, actually. And I wonder if Marco would agree, because I know he, he was very enamoured of uh, young Ross's performance. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah he, I know everybody I, I could wax lyrical about Rhys James, who's for me, he's the best player in the Premier League at the moment, um, with, with that, without any uh, shadow of a doubt. Um, but you know, on the day, I, I just thought, you know, player needs confidence. If you're not getting games, go out there and show what you can do. And I just thought he, he looked really good. And um, I, I wish, you know, he's the sort of player. I thought it was a terrific signing. He didn't really get played. He got injured, came back, started playing. Um, man, usual story: revolving door of Chelsea managers. Um, and you know, in a way, he he needs to be playing every week. He he could be playing every week at a club like Burnley, who I think weren't, weren't they interested in in the summer? Yeah. So um, he, maybe that's why Tuchel picked him to put him in the shop window for Burnley. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe Burnley will will pay more money for him. Yeah. I have to. Say, I mean, Bar- Barkley. For all of his faults, of which there are quite a few, let's be really honest here, I think he does bring something to the side that very very few of the others do. He's a very different kind of player than Pulisic, for example, or Ziyech. You know, as JK was saying earlier, he's not a winger. And I think the fact that he's not a winger is a plus mark for me because Pulisic, Ziyech and Werner certainly are what I would call wingers. I would call Hudson-Odoi a winger too. So I think we need different kinds of players and I think that Berkeley is that. I'm a bit bemused, though, because I, I thought we'd seen the last of him. And even Ducal himself in a press conference said that it hadn't worked out for him and he was just there without a number. So he must have, have in some way pulled his finger out and training to impress Ducal, in which case hats off to him. My my fear is, though, that um, um, the, the miss, which was so absolutely appalling, um, uh, is the kind of thing that stops you from playing elite standard because um, we're always giving him chances and I don't mind giving players chances who've, I mean, you know, it's good to give players chances because sometimes they turn the corner or they do something you think, actually, why did we ever doubt them? We doubted them because things didn't work for whatever reason. I don't think he's the sharpest tool in the box. I think he was drinking too much. I think this was uh, allegedly, this is what uh, Tuchel was referring to. Um, but that may have been because he he he, he wasn't felt he didn't have much of a future. So I, I, I really wish that this is a, I hope for him, this is a, um, the, 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 a step in his, as I said before, his rehabilitation, that we, he becomes a, in the same way that, that Cheek is becoming a, a player that you can pick that we don't need then to think we're going to buy somebody. And I think Saul was bought because they didn't think that Barkley had a future. And yet now he's keeping Saul out. So, um, you know, good luck to him. But I, I'm, I'm still worried that he will exhibit the, the um, I called it idiocy in the fan bite that he we've seen before from him. If he plays in midfield further back, he does he does lose concentration, makes strange choices, 
and is frequently caught in possession. Whereas this reincarnation of him further forward is a very interesting prospect indeed. I think that's his best position. Yeah. I think he's a yeah, number well, it, 10 type player. Always it's has interesting been. that Tuchel has found it, isn't it really? Yes. Perhaps he had that ability when he was at Everton and that's the kind of fluid place he was playing just behind well, the striker. He was like that when he played, when Hodgson used to play him for England when he was very young. Well, you know, and he was superb then. But I think that's his position. And yeah. we don't really have anybody like that. No, no, no. So there you go. Anyway, he didn't even make the cut. He didn't get nominated. So there we go. So it was uh, Reese James and Golo Kante and Kai Havertz. And I do echo what Marco said. I mean, Reese James is actually my, my favourite Chelsea player at the moment. I just love everything about this kid. I think he is the bollocks, mate. He's proper. I love him. Um, so no surprise, really, that he uh, he's run away with it. He got 72% on the poll we had on Twitter. Uh, Kai Havertz got 18%. And I'm surprised that N'Golo Kante only got 10% because I thought he was he was outstanding, actually. Fabulous. Fabulous. He was outstanding. But there you go. The people have decided, and that is what they decided. Now, the celery moment, which, of course, is a moment of comedy on or off the pitch or uh, or a moment that kind of denotes proper Chelsea. And again, there's a massively bad omission by me here because I, I put J5 nearly, J, you know, Jorginho nearly scoring a header because it, it kind of made me laugh. But actually, as Mark has reminded me, I should have actually put Chelsea's uh, kind of Remembrance Day, uh, I don't know what you call it really, but, uh, you know, the big blue, the big flag with the poppy on it, which, you know, Dave organises uh, the last post being played, and I thought it was all immaculately presented and done, which they do very well. I should have really put that in there, but uh, mea culpa. So the nominations were J5 nearly scoring a header, Tuchel's uh, goal celebration, which was brilliant, actually, if you've seen that. And uh, I, I have to say that the naughty side of me did enjoy Reese James putting Maxwell Cornet into the Matthew Harding lower in retribution at his pal Kai Havertz getting, it, getting put in there. So that also got one, but... Uh, Mr. Worrell, which out of those did you fancy? Sorry, mate. Of the celery moment, Tuchel in his goal celebration, right? Reese James putting Cornet into the Matthew Harding lower and J5 nearly scoring a header. No, I, I, I must admit, I, I couldn't believe that J5 actually got his head to a ball and nearly scored. So for me, if, if that if that had gone in, I would have wildly over-celebrated. <laughs> I know, it was kind of surreal, wasn't it? I'm kind of with you on that. JK, what about you? What would you have gone for? Well, I, I love Tuchel's celebration because it was just down below me and that was uh, ridiculously over the top. Wonderful. I loved it. Well, and it was deserving of the goal deserved it because I was celebrating equally uh, madly as we all were, because it was a wonderful goal. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what about you, Mark? Uh, all bases covered. Uh, I voted for Reese James. Um, the wickedness in me, I thought that was very funny, him putting coordinating the Mafia Harding lower. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest with you. As, you. as I said a minute ago, it actually uh, put a smile on my face. Uh, and and the, it's interesting, actually, how the votes come across. I mean, sadly and weirdly, not many agree with Marco. Uh, J5 nearly scoring ahead, only got 6%. Possibly because they didn't understand why we felt felt that was funny, but uh, 
Uh, Reese James putting Cornet into the Matthew Harding lower got 42%. So it was pretty tight. And Tuchel, Tuchel's goal celebration got 52%, which I did vote for myself, I have to be honest here, because I just thought... I, I like to think that Tommy Tuchel was celebrating that goal as enthusiastically as he was because he was sitting there like I was saying, that's a proper old-school goal, mate. That's proper old-school football. None of this ticky-tacky wank. He went, no, that's football, mate. And he was going potty. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant to see. Light. Right, the last one, the last Von, uh, is, of course, for the Guinness moment, which is for a moment of uh, genius-like flair that might might be arousing in a sort of a sexual kind of way, kind of the thing that would make JK and I go, oh, you know. Uh, and there were a few moments for those, and I shall read them out. Uh, these are the nominations from the boys in Discord. Uh, Reese James's cross for Silver's header, which didn't, I mean, well, he didn't quite meet it but the cross was a thing of absolute beauty this one got mentioned a lot actually and i remember this at the time and actually as people on discord said uh this was a moment where you, they said they could audibly hear the entire stadium going oh and that was that was when ngolo kante span who i don't know who it was from burnley but he just span in one move and was away left him left him on his ass and it was just like wow you know uh and uh, I think the Havertz goal, but the whole thing. I mean, Reese James's cross was perfect. And I just thought it was a brilliant header. And it, as I said, it was very old school. It really appealed to me. So those were the three nominations. Uh, Mr. Meehan, what did you go for? I thought Havertz would win, but I, I just had to go for that Reese James cross. I thought that was pretty special. Yeah. Mm. JK? Well, I, I love Conte's spin, I have to say. And as, as, you, as you observed, it definitely was a... Oh, moment. I mean, I, I remember at the time going, oh, oh, oh. In fact, I think I did more of a, oh, 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 oh to it. <laughs> People next to me. But, um, um, uh, and James Cross similarly was, uh, was, was that the one where, where Silver hit the post with the header? Yeah. 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 Wonderful. 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 But that's once again, James is coming back into his best again. Those crosses are superb. However, the Havertz goal to me, there is no, there is no alternative. I, I got a complete stiffy and, um, you know, uh, you know, wonderful, quite wonderful. Were, were you ejected from the middle tier, JK, for that? No, I was ejaculated from the middle tier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quality. Good response. Okay, I think we should move on. Move on. We don't want that kind of behaviour here. Uh, Marco, you, the final say goes to you. What did you What did you like out of those three? All of them. <laughs> That's a good answer. Okay, but if we have to force you to choose one, I couldn't. Okay, you don't have to because you're Marco and you do what you like. Uh, it's tough actually because I think they are all. I mean, actually, do you know what? That's actually reflected in the final vote. There's not much in all of them, uh, but Havertz's goal got twenty six percent. Uh, James's cross for silver got 35%. But I'm delighted uh, for everybody, really, not least JK, because uh, finally, maybe the listeners to the Chelsea fancast are finally getting it, what a Guinness moment is really all about. And it's all in the, oh, moments. And as we've already discussed, N'Golo Kante spinning that poor hapless Burnley player who ended up on his arse. That won the Guinness moment this week with 39%. So there we go. Well done, everybody who voted. Well done, the Discord people, for uh, putting the nominations together. You are all fantastic and lovely. Now, 
we have a few questions from the Discord people, as we often do, and I've got one from Jorgen here, which I, I think is a quite interesting one. I don't agree with it at all, but I think it's interesting nevertheless. So I'm going to ask the question, and whoever wants to answer it can put their hand up, although I, I have to say I'm actually going to, it's going to be between Marco and Mark because the next one is directed to JK. So there we go. So you'll have, you have to recuse yourself from this one, JK. Anyway, Jorgen says, why isn't Ruben compared to Yaya Torre more often, especially now that he plays deeper in midfield? Technically brilliant, speedy, has opponents bouncing off him left and right and smashes in the occasional screamer. Those will be more frequent in the future, I'm sure. I bet Loftus-Cheek could be a central defender in a Champions League final too, if the situation required. Well, my own take on that was I just I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek's a billion times better than Torre as a as a footballer, but uh, that's just my own very biased opinion. So, out of Mark and Marco, who would like to answer that one? Mark Mark's in there first. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a go. Yeah, I I thought the same. I thought I I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek is a brilliant footballer. So, yeah, if you compare him to anyone in my world, you compare him to Michael Ballack. Yeah, because you know, sorry, Yaya Torre didn't play for Chelsea, um, so. I still think there's potential there. Ruben, he's come back well. I know he's only made four appearances so far, but, you know, he's been affected in those four games. I know they were, not to say lesser games, but, you know, he's played in the Southampton, Brentford and the Malmo game. So I think the secret now will be going forward. How much football does Ruben get? You know, especially in the month of December when we've got a lot of big games coming up. But I, I, I think he's a great footballer, incredibly talented. You know, and, yeah. I, I think yeah, he he could play as a sweeper role, you know, yeah, you know, in, in the back in the back three formation quite easily. He reads the game particularly well. He's got a beautiful foot on him, but yeah, good player. Glad glad to see he's been re- rehabilitated back into the side and is a regular part of the first team squad now. It's really good to see. He had a hard time at Fulham last year; it never worked out for him. Mm. Good answer. I hope that satisfies you, Jorgen. Uh, right, the next one is from uh, our dear mate Kenroy. <laughs> who is going to get a mention in the show uh, later on. I've got, I'm, this is hilarious. It's got to be for JK. He says, since JK is allowed to use the C word once per season, I need proper notice so I can be in Mixler that day. Last season, it was the funniest thing I heard all year. Does he yet have any idea when he's saving it up for and can he give us prior notice? <laughs> well, I think you'll discover or even remember, Kenroy, it's based upon a dreadful performance, and I can't prophesy when that will happen. Um, uh, and he had been performing quite regularly, dreadfully, hadn't he, Jorginho? In fact, there was a lot of pressure building up as Chidge hated him and didn't want him in the side anymore. Um, I similarly was not um, convinced. And since I've used the C word, he has emerged as possibly one of the best players in Europe. So, um uh, perhaps I should say that more often for no apparent reason whatsoever. Just call somebody intermittently, the, uh, even on a ad hoc basis. Today I will be calling um, Mandi the C word for no apparent reason whatsoever. But um, so <coughs> I can't actually do it, can I? It may not happen this season. It may happen in a game where somebody's selected and is awful. So I can't really predict that, Kenroy. I'd love to be able to say, yes, Saturday week, I will be, say, using the C word for um, for Kovacic. But, um, you know, he's, he's too good a player at the moment. So <coughs> forgive me, I can't. So. Mark? I think JK is more likely to use it against one of the referees before the season is out rather than a player in blue. Mm. 
Mm. I think you have a good point there, Mark. I, I, I seldom see him see him so hot under the collar than when he's talking about referees. Referees, actually. yeah. I kind of like lose. I love it when he loses his shit. Actually, on here, it's really quite funny because you can see it building gradually, and then suddenly you can see the steam coming out of his ears. Almost. You manipulate me. You manipulate no, me. I know no. you do. Who you do. Th- who do you think I am, Jeremy Kyle, mate? Come on. No, clearly not. Exactly. Okay, he's no, a no, West Ham no, no, fan. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's normally. Um, Injustice that gets me going. Injustice and dreadful ineptitude, I think, are the two. And injustice, more like to be refs, you're right, Mark, because of their injustice. So I think um, um, if we were to get a, a referee like, like Taylor, who made a couple of really dreadful decisions that were unfair, I might, um, I might rave and the, uh, the C word might make an appearance. Uh, right, OK, we've got two emails. Well done, people, for asking those questions. We've got two emails here, JK. The first one from Ricky Wisman, I think which is full of songs that he's uh, written, which he thinks are worthy of inclusion. And the second one is from Kenroy Justin, the aforementioned Kenroy Justin, with a bit of a, a literary piece, which is possibly the weirdest thing I've ever read. But that's uh, perhaps not for me to judge. And Kenroy is actually in the house here. There we go. So he's actually replied to what you were saying. He's laughing his head off. and He says, I'll make sure I'm in Mixler when, when we have Anthony Taylor refereeing. Yeah, perfect. So anyway, do you want to do you want to do these two emails? I'll do them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, what's the tune of Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel? Not Dreidel. a clue. Okay, I know Deo, but anyway, okay. Can somebody quickly t- uh, give us a clue on uh, Mixler? Oh. What Dreidel is? No idea. Okay, well, I'll have to just make a tune up then. Uh, Ricky Wisman, uh, Chidge JK, and the illustrious members of the fan cast. Yes, it's. It's Marco and uh, Mark Meehan. Um, my printer's just decided to make a noise for some reason, so I'll just um, play with it. Hello, I'm a blue from California, born northern, moved southern. Big fan of the pod since I had the time to listen during COVID. I'm responding the bat signal JK's put up <laughs> to get a full repertoire of songs for our current players. Yeah, well done, Ricky, absolutely. This singing and general environment there seems to be at football matches across the pond is something I've always marvelled at. I'm excited to finally experience for myself once all this COVID nonsense has calmed down. With that, these chants I've come with up with over the past few months don't do me too much good watching it on the TV with my CIA, Chelsea in America group, the OC Blues. But if you all like them, I'm sure they could be a hit for the match day goers. That's interesting, isn't it? If you could start songs and chants in, uh, in podcasts or in areas uh, across the pond... They might then just filter through, mightn't they, if they were used often well, enough? I, I, I got yeah. a I got a message on Twitter from. Um, I'm, see, now I have to find it because it's, it's it's very rude to to go. Oh yeah, yeah, I got this message from somebody, and I don't actually ref who it was, but uh, I got a message uh, from Clarence Carey, who I'm going to read this because he's just this is this is this is what we want, as Chris Tarrant used to say. Just listened to the latest fan cast, and you were discussing chance. Just to let you know, I'm desperately trying to get the Craftwork Tuchel one, one going in the ground. It will happen eventually, hopefully. Oh, I love it. I love it. That would be so good, wouldn't it? Oh. Yeah. I, I called him a legend. There you go. Oh, rightly so. Rightly yeah, so. Quite well right. done. So he's trying to anyway, get it going. Anyway. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel for Kovacic. Um, hey, oh, Matteo, the boss of the midfield. Try to press and he'll get past. And maybe even Meg your ass. Now, the problem with that one is, um, <laughs> is we don't actually know what Meg means. Not Meg. 
Maybe. Um, oh, uh, Meg, once again, though, yeah, possibly. Yeah, good good point, yeah. But making your ass, maybe even... Ma- it oh, sounds Meg's- disgusting. It, it does. It, making your ass means putting you on the ground, I suppose, by making or making you as the art. Yeah, it's an interesting... It's it's possibly <laughs> too American, I think, to analyse it there. You may, I can't... Or, or even, never- even analyse it. Yeah, very clever, Chid. Very, very clever, yeah. I don't know what the tune is. I haven't done it well enough. Um Ayo, uh, Matteo. I want. I've given it a northern accent. I don't know why. Ayo, Matteo. You George Formby. That, yes, it is exactly what it is. Plus, <laughs> the midfield tried to press and he'll get past him. Maybe even Megarasu. Ayo, ayo. Plus, the midfield tried to press and he'll get past him. Maybe even Megarasu. Yes, it's not bad actually if you make it George Formby. We've <laughs> <laughs> got for Alonso. For Alonso. Um. They gave the bridge the thrills and fuck all Spurs the chills. Marco Sal- We don't need a Marcos Alonso song because we've got, he runs down the wing for me, Ricky. We've got one. We've got one. The point is to give them to people we don't, we haven't got songs for. I'd love to be able to do this one, but it, it, uh, that fucking left foot, as you put, that fucking left foot kills. Yes, it does kill. But we've got, you know, Marcus, Marcus Alonso runs down the wing for me. Mama, banana, mama, banana. We've got that one. And we love that one. Anyway, so this is a tune of um, uh, Deo. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, Georginio. Tuchel comes and he's good all along. Hey, oh, Georginio. Tuchel comes and he's good all along. One trophy, two trophy, three trophy. Ha! Tuchel comes and he's good all along. Little skip and he taps the pen in. Tuchel comes and he's all good along. Yes, it's it's good. It's lovely. But I think the lyric is, he's good all along. I don't really think that would catch on. It's a little bit too uh, um, obscure. You need something else. But I love the idea. Hey, oh, Jorginho. Even on its own, it'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? But once again, there is a Jorginho chant already, Ricky. We're after yeah, stuff. But it's, but it's people... rubbish. It's Jorginho. It is terrible. I agree. It's shit. It's complete shit. But but they're not going to let that one go, are they? They're not going to let the Alonso one go. The Kovacic one, there isn't. But, well, there isn't. But yeah, Kovacic possibly. But I love this idea, though. Hey, oh, Jorginho. Tuchel comes. He needs something. Tuchel comes and Tuchel comes and he gets the Ballon d'Or. Oh, no, whatever. Whether he's going to win it or not. But anyway. But yeah, good. Anyway, thanks. Yeah. JK, we did a version of that in the nine, the, the 90s, very briefly, in the 96-7 Cup run. You know, it was like Viali scores and the Scousers go home. That's not right. one, yes. not yes. two, not yes. three, not four. Yes, Viali I remember it. The Scousers go, go home. Yeah. yeah. I remember it. So, yeah, yeah we could make, we could revisit that. For, yeah. for, could we not revisit for someone else, though? Is there somebody else who could? I mean, poor old Christensen. I mean, you know. Hey, Andreas. So you know what, though, for Christensen, yeah. there, isn't there a Hans Christian Andersen song? Hans Christian Andersen. There is, Anderson, isn't there? That's me. But there's, was, um, there was Danny an old... Kay. Danny yeah. Kay. Yeah. yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to adapt that song for And uh, Andreas Christensen. So, mate, yes. my, I, I do like the uh, my favourite song in the Premier League at the moment is is the is the Hammers one for for Pablo Fornells. Which which goes? Uh, I fucking remember. Pablo Fornells, Pablo Fornells. He eats paella, drinks Estrella, and something about Vienna or something. Love um, it. 
mildly entertaining. Like that. Well done, the Hammers people. Well done. Um, is that it? There's more. Is there more to read on this email? Thanks for taking the time to read this. Thanks even more for producing such fantastic content for us fellow blues. Up to Chelsea. Ricky, may I, may I say, Ricky, um, I think these are great and I think you should try some more for other people. But just but just a, a, bit, a bit of advice. I just think they just need to be slightly more, um, you know, meg your ass and good all along. I think, you know, it, it's it's your, your old, your English supporters picking up on it. It's just... They don't understand. It, don't quite understand Two it. Two countries divided by the same language. Same language, absolutely. Meg your ass is a great idea, but once again, I don't... I can In an American accent, it would work better, I think. Maybe meg your ass. <laughs> but whereas... Um, that's being very um, Yankist. I'm sorry, I do apologise. But, um, but um, uh, you know, keep them coming. Really fantastic. I, I, I love it. I love it. I Any like idea. the Georginia one. If you could change yeah. that last last yeah, lyric, yeah. it would work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your Georgina Tugel comes. And, and we win the Champions well. League. And we, and we win. The, yeah, win the Champions League. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Hey, your Georgie Ducal comes and we win the Champions League. One trophy, two trophy, three trophy. Oh, something else, Ducal comes and we win the cha- something else that we. We change it. You change. You change it each yeah. each stanza, don't you? So Premier League, Champions League, yeah, FA yeah, Cup, yeah, whatever. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, really now right. I'm going to strap myself in because this is this is going to be insane. <laughs> I'm saying no more. This is called the Kid by Ken Roy. The Kid. The Kid. Spelt like my surname, Rizali. The Kid installed a conveyor belt exclusively for the German. It carried Werner along, wriggling helplessly towards the metalwork's blazing furnace, his sinewy arms bulging against carbon-titanium cables. His curse stole his strength whenever he was bound. The material was purely showmanship. His trap would immolate Werner in the same metalworks that had forged these cables. It was the perfect doom, better than all the other dooms he'd ever concocted for Werner. History will remember me, not Dr. Ogre, not male gaze. It was the kid who conquered you. He squirmed, cables grinding against his blue Chelsea badge, his blonde hair capturing the firelight. Watching Werner gave him a knot in his duodenum. What was he supposed to do after killing him? He'd felt this dilemma for several dooms now. Well, he chided, trying to get his mind off it. What do you have to say for yourself? Werner pursed his lips. The metalworks' triple furnaces roared dully, and the kid cocked an ear for his final plea. Instead, he heard the beautiful games getting by, but only just on loop. Werner sat up, despite the cables, frowning at the golden bracer on his left wrist. The song was coming from it with a liquid crystal display. He gaped. This was impossible. Where did he get the strength to bend carbon titanium? Crap. Anthony Taylor's Kraken is attacking the bridge again. I'm sorry, that should be German. Crap. Anthony Taylor's Kraken is attacking the bridge again. He never swore. The kid had always thought he didn't know how. Werner groaned and laid back on the conveyor belt, still travelling towards the metalworks. He stared up at him. Jonathan, we need to talk. Don't call me that, he said, fixing his gimp mask. Sorry, that should be. <laughs> he said, fixing his gimp mask. Oh, the kid. The phone 
The fans need me, he said so sharply that he almost apologised. He was scary as hell when he was mad. Come to think of it, all the times he'd captured him, he'd never been mad before. We've talked about putting others' needs before yourself. This had to be a ploy. He cackled. <laughs> you will have to beg harder than that. We have to have made some progress in 18 months. I can't hear you. Screw it. Werner squared his shoulders, thrust his hips up from the conveyor belt and snapped the carbon titanium cables like dental floss. One ricocheted at the kid who was lucky the shock made him fall over. Otherwise, he would have been beheaded. He dropped from the conveyor belt, dusting off his football kit. If we keep doing this, at first I thought you were working through some issues. Then I hoped after enough schemes failed, you'd have a breakthrough. Impossible! The kid hollered and hit a button on the back of his control glove. Three more carbon titanium cables whizzed from behind the metalworks and at the back of Werner's head. He rolled his eyes and sidestepped, catching all three under his left armpit. With a single yank, he tore them from the machine and left them limp on the floor. The kid remained floored, eyeing the hatch to his basement. He had a secret weapon down there, but was still in shock that he somehow had his powers. But, 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 but you were bound. Part of the problem is you never thought that was contrived. I don't lose my strength when in chains or under the full moon, and I was never vulnerable to eye lasers. But Mr. Stick, he stamped so hard, the steel floor dented all the way to his hatch. Took five months to figure out I was faking. Then Brandon got better. You could too, Jonathan. Call me the kid. Kaiser runs a YouTube fashion channel now. Brian Justman teaches swearing to underprivileged children now. They're better now. Almost all of my villains got better. Better? The kid scoffed, sweeping to his feet. But I'm the best, the master of bondage. The BDSM community hates you. You'll give them a bad image. He made for the window, presumably to go fight Taylor's Kraken. But the kid rushed into his path. He unzipped the mouth of his mask. I mean, I didn't. It's not that kind of bondage. He warned him off with a fist. Used to be chainmail codpieces. Now this mask. In another couple of plots, you'll build power armor. Villains don't come back from power armor. The kid wiped his unzipped lips. All these years you were patronizing me. You guys came after me instead of the citizens. I cut crime in half by donating six hours a week to wrangling you all. You never even cared that I never died. I thought you'd be the first to get better, Jonathan. Not the last. The kid! And I don't need help. I'm a master actor and voiceover artist. The beautiful game sang from his wrist again. Werner sighed so hard the air could have caught, caught fire. I've got to go if the Kraken is actually loose, he stared at his singing bracer. It's that bad. It's got so many tentacles, plus it straight up eats fans. It's just like Master Anthony Taylor. You're a sweetheart compared to that thing. He turned towards the window. You've got issues, but you can still come around. I want to believe in you. As he strode past him, his gaze softened and he patted him on the shoulder. Imagining the Kraken devouring him gave him another knot in his duodenum. Maybe the, for the first time in his career, the kid ensnared him without expecting it, catching his wrist in his left hand. He tugged for him to pause, but he was super strong and dragged him behind several steps. Wait, wait, he said, scampering alongside him, though unable to meet his eyes. Can I come? 
If this is a diabolical plot, I'm the master of bondage. No myriad armed beasts can escape me, he declared, glancing at the hatch to his basement. Plus, I kind of already built that power armor. It's got to work on somebody. Constructive therapy, he beamed. Not a bad idea. He extended his control-gloved hand to his, offering a shake. For tonight, call me Jonathan. Adapted from John Wiswell's The Terrible. Keep the blue flag fucking high. <laughs> KD Justin. <laughs> I, I have no words. I'm th thankfully, we have Mixler people to provide us some feedback on that. Um, a, a quick selection uh, for you. Uh, this uh, true true pank says this is one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Uh, Rhode Island Blue says I'm in stitches. Madness. Uh, Kenroy, who clearly likes the smell of his own farts, and why not? Laugh out loud. Jonathan is so good. Friggin' hell. Uh, Daryl, uh, Kenroy, you seem to have too much time on your hands. This is mental. Uh, and then finally, True Panks, petition to make this a permanent part of the podcast or riot. We should make it into a cartoon strip. It sounds like um, Danger Mouse. Yeah, it should be an animation. Yeah. yeah. It's a quite... kid. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Well done, Kenroy, you absolute loon. I mean, Marco, as the uh, esteemed publisher and editor of so many great literary masterpieces, what do you think of that? Well, I, I was just thinking if, if, Ken, if Kenroy would put a collection together for us, uh, we could consider it for publication. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it, Kenroy's a legal bod, isn't he? Isn't Quite, quite a senior legal board. Yeah. <laughs> He's got know. a very weird mind. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, could, could you put music to it? Yeah, you could be Kenroy the musical. That was that was just superb. Yeah. You know, chainmail cod pieces like Anthony Taylor as the Kraken. Absolutely brilliant, Kenroy. I have to say, uh, it was uh, made absolutely brilliant by the reading of Jonathan Kidd. I mean, good God, how privileged are we to have somebody in the house who can just do that like that? Genius, mate. Well done. If only you were as good at the Prem Predictions League as you are at reading masterpieces like that, eh? The world, the world would be at your feet, JK. I'm so flawed. I wish you knew. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. It is that time of the week, I'm afraid, where we have to air our dirty linen in public, uh... mate. God, should we start? Should we start at the bottom and then work our way up? Oh, good. That means it'll be over in a yeah, few minutes. That's kind of what I thought. Well, as I said, as you rightly said to me, in fact, you are no longer at the bottom of the table. But this is only because a chap called—I'm not going to do his name any justice here—but Gigin Umen, I think, clearly joined us last week. Well, hey, Gigin, better late than never, mate. And you've made Jonathan's week. Uh, I think it's a bit unfair. He's, I mean, put it this way. He's already got one spot on in his 36 points in one week. So, you know, it took me about five weeks to get a spot on gigging. So, you know, I think that rate of progress, you, you won't be bottom for long. And then Jonathan can reclaim his rightful place. Uh, but you got minus five this week, JK. Now, that's less than you got last week. Oh, I thought it was plus nine. No. I must have added it up wrongly. Oh, yeah. well. You got minus five this week, and last week you forgot to enter and you got naught. So when I said to you, you would do better not playing than play, I was right. So you were right. Go. I need to, but I've already filled it in for this week. But I'm not going to be too smug because uh, I have gone up one place. I am now in 68th position, which is absolutely shit. I got 31 points. What an absolute 
omni shambles this bloody season is. But uh, dear old Pat Nevin's not doing much better. He's in 66th place. Uh, he had a shocker this week. Canners did okay. Well, not really. I mean, 33 points isn't that good. He's in 62nd. And Kerry, Kerry I, can't, I haven't... Oh, shit, I was supposed to give him a ring today and tell him this. But, oops, kind of ran out of time. But Kerry's in 58th. He got minus 15. Hmm, he won't be happy with that. Now, uh, the rest of the fancasters, who, who are much better than me and JK, Dino, Dean's slipped down a bit this week. He's now 54th. Uh, Mark, Mr. Meehan, uh, you got 31, which is not really a great score. 40, no, equal 44th no. this week. And, and I started so well on Friday. So like, I got Southampton and then got the Man United results. So I had first two results in because I've had a bad run of late. Then it just went horribly wrong. Yeah, who who knew that Norwich were going to win at Brentford? Anyone that tipped them to win, fair play. You know. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was Brentford that killed me, but probably mm. another 15 results killed me too. Uh, right, working our way up, uh, Dane Whittle and Martin Wickham are duking it out. Uh, Dane in 32nd and Martin in 31st. Martin's having a poor season by his standards. He was in the top 10 not so long ago, but he slipped down recently. Uh, Tony... Uh, well, I mean, I think normal service is resumed, I said about Tony last week, because he only got nine points. He got a fairly OK 57 this week, which in the scheme of things wasn't too bad. Not a lot of high scores this week, but he slipped down to 25th from the lofty heights of being in the top 10. So I think we can expect to see Tony down with us again pretty soon, JK. What do you think? I hope that uh, I'm... I'm uh... Uh, somebody slips down to my lower level because well, I don't think I'll be slipping up. Well, you can rely on me. I shall be keeping you company for the rest of the season. I'm pretty certain of that. Anyway, so Tony's in 25th. And, of course, the Chelsea fan cast leader in the Prem Predictions League. And, I mean, I must talk to him about this, but uh, dear old Marco Worrell, uh, he is in fifth position at the moment. He got 60 points. Uh, and he's 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 in touching distance of the leaders, who I'll talk about in a minute. But okay, here we go, Marco. I haven't had you on the show for ages. What is your secret? Because you were pretty bloody good last year, but I mean, you've been brilliant this season. How do you do it? Um, I think I think the key to this is um, not not predict, not trying to predict wildly exaggerated results because they ruin you if if you get it if the result goes against you. So, um, so even, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever predicted more than three, three nil as a, as a victory. Um, even when the temptation might be to predict five nil because it might end up one nil to the other team. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I get quite a few draws, correct um so i always predict try and predict a few look at what games are likely to be draws because they tend to be good for 50 points um like the leeds leicester well i mean they're, they're all spot ons are good for 50 points but I, I seem to be better at predicting um correctly predicting sco the, a score draw uh than some of the other scores um so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't spend that long on it. I, in fact, I've done my predictions um, for the next two game weeks, and I, I maybe have a little tweak depending on the the late team news. Um, or you know, there's so many managers getting the sack just to see if there's a new manager bounce. Mm. Um, but yeah, nothing. 
I had quite a good start, and I, I think that gave me a bit of momentum right at the beginning of the season. Well, you, you got what you got one of the best scores of the whole thing this season. You got two hundred and fifty-four one week. Yeah, and you've got sixteen spot-ons. And actually, do you know what? The real key to this is getting spot-ons. I mean, it's no no coincidence. Luke's Luke's been at the top of the table all season. He's got the most spot-ons. But as as I say, I I think. If, if I looked at what what those sixteen spot ons were made of, uh, I'd I'd be willing to wager that ten of them were 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 draw draw score draws or goalless scores. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, that's where my points are coming from. I think being able to predict draws. Maybe I should go back to doing the pools. Maybe. So that was the that was the whole thing with it, wasn't it, with the pools, Marco? Whatever the, your method is, I have to say it's working fantastically. And fair bloody play to you for the other thing you won't know is that we we are the Chelsea Fancast is top of the mini leagues, right? And that the your mini league uh, placements are judged on whoever is fifth in your league. So you have contributed to us being the top of all the mini leagues which is pretty damn cool so we do well as a as a league you know all the people thank god everybody else is good in this other than me and jk but we do all right now um the performance of the week uh, we have two performers of the week this week i'm delighted to say that one of them is is daryl middleditch who is of course a bastion of mixler and the discord group daryl got a whopping 139 points this week uh which has uh, elevated him up to 17th place well done daryl much does i mean i what you don't i mean I, there's a discord group obviously as you know but there's a premier league prem predictions uh kind of channel in the discord group so i i feel these people's pain on a saturday as we're watching the results come in and I've lived it with them. And so it's brilliant to see Daryl doing really well this week. And Lord Shuttler, he got 139 points too, and he's now in 12th place. But uh, he got 252 points earlier in the season. So he's he's a man in form. Uh, but the uh, leader in the table, uh, the top boy, is yet again Luke Withers. He's been right at the top all season. I think Luke's playing a percentage game now because he got 60 points on uh, Saturday. But he's still, he's still 100 and uh, 40 points ahead anybody uh, above anybody else so he's doing all right uh well done everybody who takes part in all of that um as you can see i'm utterly envious because i'm hopeless uh but i do i do revel in your success because as i said when you're good at uh, when you're good with your predictions we do well too so how can one argue with that right um that i'm afraid is all we've got time for this week who who that's whiz by blimey now thanks to the international break there is no chelsea for a couple of weeks but fear not the Chelsea Fancast will be back this Friday with another Q&A show. So, question and answer show. So, JK, Dan, Dean, Tony and myself will be on the panel. Uh, and anyone who is a Chelsea Fancast Patreon or on the Discord group can join us on Zoom, armed hopefully with a few beers and a lot of questions for us. And uh, the reason uh, that's, this is an important point, actually. So, our listeners in the Antipodes can take part. Uh, we'll be starting at 8 p.m. GMT, so an hour later than normal, so that we, uh, we can give our kind of listeners who live a long way away a chance to join us. Uh, I reckon we'll go on for about an hour and a half, so we'll be wrapped up by half nine, because some of us have to go to bed early because we're old. But uh, an hour and a half is more than long enough for a Q&A, so do come along to that. I'm going to put a notice on Discord and Patreon with the link and everything else. Uh, so come and let me know and come and see us on Friday. It'd be lovely to see you all. And uh, on Monday next week, uh, we'll be recording 
I almost feel like blowing a trumpet here and I'm having a drum roll. But uh, Monday next week, we will be recording the next instalment of our 50 Years of Chelsea series, which will be the 1998-99 season with JK, Mark Meehan and myself looking back at it all. I'm looking forward to that, Mark. I'm looking forward to it as well. And, and, and JK is as well, but probably not this one. Um, we're going to debate the merits of Sam Della Bonner in future shows. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. Yeah. 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 And, and Claudia Ranieri as well. Yeah, yeah. that's we're about. We're, we're, what? we're, we're couple, heading into Claudia Ranieri yeah. territory. We're yeah. a couple of seasons off it, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, there you go. Uh, you need to do your notes for me, don't you? We both... I will indeed. I'll have them to you before the end of the week. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, we'll, we'll talk about it later on. Brilliant stuff. Really looking forward to that. So there we go. Chelsea Fancast and D. Dane and Jane's Went to Mo King's Meadow are available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And of course, if you want to see JK's fan bites, they're on our Twitter and Instagram channels and possibly YouTube when I get a chance to figure it out. Anyway, uh, if you like what you do, what you I love what you do, but if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea FanCast patron and that helps us cover the cost of running the shows. Blah, 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 Um there aren't many kind of tier. There's no tiers or, or Uber benefits. I mean, you know, you will get a Kerry Dixon mini banner if you want one, and of course, you automatically get to join our. Well, you don't automatically get to join our, our Discord group. You'd have to say yes, please, Chidge, and I send you the link. Uh, but it's you know it's, we're so grateful. There's so many of you have joined up to this, but uh, do feel free to donate whatever you want. There's no pressure at all. You know, I, I will love you no less if you don't become a Patreon member. It's very simple. But if you do, I love you just a tiny little bit more don't tell anybody anyway it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast if you want to do that and of course uh, if you want your emails read out by the foremost voiceover artist of his generation arguably the world right then all you have to do is email chelsea fancast at gmail.com or you can uh, send a message on patreon or instagram uh, or even or Twitter, if you like. Uh, there's easy, it's so many ways to get hold of us, but we love reading them out, and Jonathan loves it. I know he does, so there you go. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17Marco, Mark Meehan at Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A. Uh, so don't forget, of course, to check us out on Chelsea Fancast on all your socials. So there you go. That's pretty much it from us. Mark, lovely to see you, as always. Uh, lovely to be on the show. I think the memory will last with me this evening is gimp masks, bondage, and snapping cardi- carbon titanium cables. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to have a lie down and recover from that. I think. There you go, Mr. Waddle, mi amigo. Lovely to see you as always, and your new glasses. Yeah, very enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on the show. Wish everybody. Well, this week, Mr. Meehan, it's your birthday. Oh, yeah, Friday. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thanks, thanks for reminding me. No, it's Thursday. Thursday's Is it Thursday? Thursday's my birthday. And depending what I'm doing, I might still do the Patreon thing on Friday. I'm meant to be going in for a gig on Friday, but I haven't sorted out tickets yet. So if I don't go to the gig, I'll, I'll log in the Patreon. Oh, so, you're, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome to come along. Yeah. yeah, if you want, I'll send you the link. Yeah, it's my birthday on Thursday. So I might be out Thursday, out Friday, and then uh, I'll be drinking at Wheelstone Barnet on Ooh. Saturday. And hopefully dragging Mr. Spackman along with us as oh, well. Really lovely. Well, I was going to say, yes, it is your birthday on Thursday. It's Cundy's birthday on Friday. It is. It that's, is Cundy's birthday. Yeah, I got it muddled up. Great. Well, look, maybe see you Friday. But if you're not there, I'll understand. You, you, you know. And what, what's the gig you're going to? 
Uh, it's a blues artist called Chantelle McGregor. Mm. Yeah, so she's playing over in Ryslip, where, where we, we also play. And, and again, if you've never listened to Chantelle, it's like, you know, I think she's up north somewhere. And if you're a fan of Robin Trower, she does this 15-minute version of um, Robin Trower's Spellband. If you like a bit of blues, just put that on. Very soothing music. Brilliant guitarist. So I might very well go along and see her on Friday. Great stuff. There we go. Uh, well, as I said, hopefully see you Friday. But if you're going to the gig, totally get that. Uh, and we need to organise another gig, the three of us as well. We do. Um, we That was we so, do. yeah. We had a lot yes. of fun, didn't yes. we? That yes. I really yes. enjoyed that. Everyone attack. Oh, sweet. Yes, we might. Yes, sweet. Yeah, maybe. 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 Yeah. Good on you. Marvellous. And last, but by no means least. Mr. Kidd. I mean, he, who, who looks shell-shocked having had to read that no, performance I'm, art out. I'm disappointed that I didn't realise he was wearing a gimp mask all the way through because I would have then laid it accordingly. Then he rips the gimp mask off. I would have played it all the way like that, making sure that you heard. Could it be a bit like Charles Lawton? <laughs> but, um, uh, or even the elephant. The elephant man. I could have made it more like that. That would have been fun. But, um, but no, so uh, but uh, fantastic to be able. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to play something like that, which was clearly barking. But you know, <laughs> um, but thank you so much. No, love to be on the show. Such um, esteemed guests, fantastic. It's, it's always fun. With well, both I've got a, I've got a very quick one for you, J.K. Because it came in from Mixler, but it was from True Panks who says. Uh, Thanks, lads. It was a pleasure chatting to JK before the game on Saturday. Looking forward to the 98-99 season. Catch you next time. So there you go. Oh, sweet. Thank you. You yeah. met lots of lovely people on Saturday. Oh, oh wonderful. Yeah, well done. Well done. Brilliant. All right. That's been great fun tonight, as it always is. Uh, well done, you three. You've been brilliant. Uh, well done to the Mixler people who have kept us company tonight. They're always fantastic. Uh, and uh, we will see you again on Friday and then Monday and uh, then Friday again. It never stops on the Chelsea Fancast. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Sorry, see you on Friday. Get it right. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, and keep it Chelsea. Chelsea! Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> Live! <laughs>